Hey everyone, I'm your host David McNeil and you're listening to The Graphics Pro Files, the official podcast of Graphics Pro Magazine, a monthly publication that dives into every aspect of the custom graphics industry. My guest today is Rick Williams, the signage sage of Longview, Texas. Rick has been making signs in multiple formats since 1973 and has grown his presence into three separate entities offering superior customization on a local level. In this episode, we dive into the investments he's made and how he strives for work-life balance. So let's get into it with Rick Williams of Rick's Sign Company. Rick, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you doing? Doing fine. All right. I like to hear that. You know, one thing that you and I discussed, you mentioned that you're never going to win unless you're in the game. That sounds and- like something I would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. I got quotes around it. it- there you go. <laughs> and you also said that you went into business because you did signage the old way. I want to take people a little back and like kind of give some background on you that uh, you began as an artist doing hand-painted signage back in 1973 working out of your truck. What was the competition like back then? Well, there was competition, but you had to be an artist or you couldn't even do the work. Right. At least you had to have an artist on your staff. Now, there was only one sign company large enough in Longview, which then was a a city of about 60,000 people that had, you know, six or eight or 10 employees. Most of them were fairly small. And a lot of them were one or maybe two-person enterprises, and the guy at the top was the artist, the layout person, the hand-lettering guy, and then he might have someone doing fabrication or installs or something like that. Mm. So I had competition, but it really took a level of of skill and some talent. This seemed to be a kind of a a demand that was hard to meet, and that was a good thing because you could go into business, and pretty soon you were busy. That's a wonderful thing, and and talking about getting busy. I mean, now today there are three businesses that you oversee. How many people do you have working for you? And and tell me about those businesses. You know, I think it's about 30 and I hate to be vague about that, but we have part-time and full-time people <laughs> and it does shift around a little bit. Really, one is still Rick Sign Company, which has been in Longview since 1973, as you mentioned. Mm. I started Mm -hmm. the year before that. At 18, I was working for a place called Molina Sign Company, and he was kind of teaching me the ropes, and I stayed with him for a year. And then put myself through two years of college, I went out on my own pretty quickly because you could operate out of a back of a truck with a ladder. It was all done by hand. You didn't didn't need equipment necessarily. Sure. Uh, You needed more skill than equipment. But- uh, now we have a company that spun off from the sign company, which uses CNC equipment to cut all kinds of things out of metal. Mm-hmm. And we cut letters and we cut some sign parts, but that ended up being the smaller part of it. Most of what we do, we're contracted by local manufacturers, and there are several, to make parts for their equipment for whatever product they're they're producing. And we also do our own in-house powder coating and metal forming and things like that. It all spun off the sign shop, but it's not as sign related as it used to be. Mm -hmm. And then we are partners in an automotive business. And that kind of spun off of the other business because uh, we were doing powder coating of letters and logos and things like that. But then it became more industrial things. And powder coating also ended up being automotive. And so (laughs) our powder coating guys are really good at powder coating wheels, custom wheels. Yeah. And so that spun off an automotive business, which does all kinds of things, but a chunk of it is uh, 
related to our powder coating capability. Well, so you have multiple hats and sometimes the week could be like, I don't know, a week, a typical week might be 60 hours for you. <laughs> if it's a short week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I told people if I worked a 40 hour week, I'd think I was on vacation. <laughs> so tell me then, how do you manage uh, the right workforce? Well, in the sign business, we tend to keep our employees because we actually try to pay them very well. And I don't think I'm that hard to work for because they generally stay 10 or 20 or 30 years, however long. That's great. I have one right now that's probably close to 20, and the other one's close to 15 years. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, with us, and it's a small shop. We have two part-time people that are very part-time, and we have two full-time people and myself. And then the WPC, the CNC Cutting and Metal Services Company, they are up to about 20 people, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have to hand manage that. My sons manage that. The automotive business is managed by a partner. And so I'm still hands-on in the sign business. Every day I make my own living in the sign business, but the rest, I just, I'm there when they need me. And mostly one thing I've been real good at is mm-hmm. signing loans at banks for some reason. <laughs> that seems to be a skill I have because I've been in uh-huh. business long, long enough that bankers take me seriously where if my son, who's smarter than I am, can do more things than I could do, goes down there and he's 29 years old, and say, I need to borrow $200,000. Well, that's going to be an ordeal. Yeah. Uh, you know, if someone else goes who's been at it a long time, then they'll, they will help uh, get that done. Right. Right. So managing the employees, uh, kind of tell me a little bit about that. I can tell you more in the sign business how we do that. One is trying to have a decent profit margin and be productive and not waste a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I've found that we like to have some part-time people and we like to have some full-time people. And then myself being very hands-on, I spend a lot of time down there. Now my wife and a lot of people might think, well, it's a family operation. Probably my wife is there. She is way too smart for that. So (laughs) I don't have her as an asset. And that's probably a good thing. We're still happily married after 47 (laughs) years, same time frame. Congrats. Went in business and got married about the same time. Um, So she doesn't work there, but I have a couple of part-time guys, uh, one that I'm training to do more fabrication and screen printing, and one that mostly does yard work and things like that. And then I have two full-time ladies that are really good with anything to do with digital printing, vinyl graphics, laser engraving, laser cutting, and they do a lot of that. I don't have to, but Mm -hmm. I may lay out the job or I may you know, deal with the customer on the front end and the back end, possibly mostly on the front end, but they can do a lot of that work. Yeah. But it's a blend of, of skilled people and highly skilled people and some not very skilled at all. And that seems to work better than, than actually just whole group of highly skilled people. Right. And obviously you guys keep busy because you had mentioned that if I drove around Gregg County, which is where, you know, Longview is, uh, about 5% of the signs I'd see would be by you guys. And and yes, you know, for the listeners out there, 5%. Is a lot. Um, or a little, is that depending most- on your perspective. It, it sounds like a little or it sounds like a lot. And, but that's probably realistic. And, and, of course, a lot of signs yeah. are done by a company that's working for a franchise or working for a fast food mm. operation yeah. or whatever. So yeah. they're, they're not all local. You're going to see our signs all over the place. You may or may not know it 
that we did it, but mm-hmm. it, it probably wouldn't be more than 5%, I would guess. But it's still, you know, county of now, close to 200,000 people. There's a lot of signs, a lot That's of signs. That's significant. Yeah. yeah. And, and and yours mostly comprised of like building signage, right? Yeah. Well, of course, pole signs. It really almost anything and everything, which is part of the challenge to be efficient because there's no real pattern. We might be mm-hmm. lettering a church bus one day and I'll be hanging five foot water jet cut letters the next day and everything in between. It could be screen printing corplast signs or engraving little tags that go out in an, in the oil field. Right. Uh, and so it's a, it's a lot of different things. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And, and let me ask, I, did you ever try to get into electrical signage? I did. In fact, we actually did quite a bit of electrical signage early on, probably the first 20 years. And I had a man that was a man that I really was close to. Uh, we were about the same age and we worked well together. And he did a lot of the electrical sign fabrication. I did some of it. We'd go together, work on installs. And it was a decent part of our business, but he wanted to do this on his own. So I mm-hmm. actually sold him part of our business and let him go off on his own. And for him, that did not work out. I mm. never really got seriously back in the electrical part. And at some time after that, the state of Texas required that you be a licensed electrician or a licensed sign electrician almost just to change bulbs and signs. And right. so we'd have to have an electrician on our staff. And I think you need to have somebody who could go out and service the sign as well as build them like quickly because you, oh, you don't yeah. want a guy without a sign. And so we just never really got back into it. But we had plenty of work to do. Right. And, and we still right. do have plenty of work to do. Is that an, an investment you might make later on? If I was young, absolutely. But <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, at being in business 47 years. I'm yeah. not 47 anymore. I'm 57, but right. uh, not really. <laughs> uh, however, if I was young, yeah, I probably would because I actually like that part of the business. And now with LEDs and other technologies mm-hmm. and CNC metal forming equipment for making channel letters, I'd love to be in that part of the business. It's just that my two sons who work with me every day have taken charge of another company that does other things and it's grown to be four or five times bigger than the sign company right. or more. And so they're very much committed to what they're doing. And I would have to start from scratch. And, and at this point in the game, that's kind of hard to do. Well, let me talk about an investment that you made about five years ago that didn't take as much not working, you know, from scratch and everything. And that was a laser right. engraver. And and with that, you've been doing metal tags for oil companies. Now, break it down a little bit for me and, and maybe our listeners might, I don't know, get something uh, big from this. Okay. Well, we actually own a couple of lasers, but the one at WBC cuts metal through and through, and that's a whole different animal. The laser at Rick's Sign Company, which is a Trotec laser that we bought five years ago, mm-hmm. does some cool things, and, and it helps us because it will do engraving of little tags of things that here in East Texas, Northeast Texas, that may go out into the oil field or go out into some industrial application. But it also will cut beautiful acrylic letters and logos that I like to do, mm-hmm. and I like installing those, and we've gotten pretty good at that too. And we don't do a a whole lot of just regular, like we're not in a trophy business. We're not doing a lot of general engraving things that people think of being engraved, you know, gifts and uh, advertising specialties and things like that. But primarily we use it to cut letters and logos or parts of letters and logos and to do engraving more on an industrial basis. Of course, it's sign related, but mm-hmm. it's it's uh, 
is kind of industrial products. And, and the laser we have is uh, very, very uh, adept at that work, and it's good work. Well, and uh, can you break that down a little bit more for me? So, I mean, like cost-wise, you're paying for those metal tags like this amount and well, how much? I can give you a good example because yeah. I got yeah, one please. right now. It varies all the time. So this may not be a typical job, but they, they're not typical. Mm-hmm. But I've got a set of 366 aluminum metal tags with a hole on one end. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we can buy that size already coated and punched out for 40 cents. And I've got 366 of them to engrave and they're $3.50. So there's some typesetting and, and setting up a jig to hold 50 at a time or however many will engrave. But it's actually a pretty good job because yeah. there is some rough profit margin there and it's it's nice, good work. And we would take a lot more of that, and we probably will pursue more of that. Oh, that's great. I love mm-hmm. I love hearing that kind of story, you know? But I also like cutting uh, – I do logos that go on behind, a, say, a customer counter or mm-hmm. inside a doctor's office. I've done all these kinds of things that are really attractive, and they're easy to install, and, and the laser will cut acrylic even with a Mylar coating that looks like metal – and I've done some that are really cool that look like they're metal, but they're not. They're a brushed aluminum mylar covered acrylic, and the mm-hmm. laser will cut that very well. And uh, I like doing those things too. Oh, that's wonderful. And tell me about your approach to putting decals on trucks and ensuring UV protection. Well, mostly with trucks, it's not so much UV protection as it is just abrasion and whatever soap they're going to be using to clean it or steam wash these trucks, whatever the type of abuse they get. And so, yeah, you would laminate that. But we still use a lot of HP vinyl because if it's spot colors, that regular high-grade HP vinyl will outlive a digital print, Mm, does not mm -hmm. require lamination, and it's easy to work with. And so we still do a lot of that. We're not in the wrap business. I'm not designing wraps. We're not covering entire vehicles, but we'll still do uh, between 100 and probably 150 vehicles a year. Mm -hmm. So three or four a week, if you calculate that out, maybe more. It could be for anything from a plumbing company to a school, or it could be anything. Anything short of a wrap, we'll get pretty close to that, but we're not trying to actually right at this moment go into the wrap business. Right. So if it's HP vinyl, obviously there's no lamination. If it is any other type of graphic or printed graphic, we will laminate it. If that same print is going on a sign, I may not laminate it. We'll use the highest quality ink, the highest quality vinyls, and we may put that on sign and not touch it after that because we've also seen failures in laminate coatings that we would assume is going to make that sign last longer. And instead, the laminate fails, and I don't mean falls off. I mean it becomes crazed and begins to collect uh, mildew or whatever. It just looks oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. And the print, if it's not exposed to some type of abuse and it's done well, will last several years without lamination. So it just depends on the application as to what we'll do. And I still like HP vinyls on spot colors because they're hard to beat. So it sounds like it's been a learning process, and that's it's, it's another big thing I'd like to get into with you here. Inefficient processes can just end up costing you a lot of time, a lot of money. That involves city permits, lack of communication, et cetera. The list goes on. Mm-hmm. Over these past decades, what have been some of the major lessons you've learned about streamlining your process and eliminating those inefficiencies? Well, that's an interesting 
interesting way to word that question because I don't know that you can eliminate it that much. And that's one <laughs> okay. reason I, I work a lot of hours is because I will right. I'll sometimes have to make up the site. But we have customers regularly who invent ways to waste our time. <laughs> I, I, as much as I hate to say that, but I'm sure any person in the sign business, the graphics business, will yeah. know what I'm talking about. Exactly. And you might think this job's going to go smoothly and I'll, <laughs> I'll finish it in an hour. And then, you know, it may not go like that at all. Yeah. And then the, you do have things like getting a permit through our city can be a pain. Generally, it's not that difficult, but it just takes time. Another city next to us that we do work in, they require calculating the square foot of the front elevation of the building and, and giving them a few more details along that line. And they say any sign work over $25 requires a permit. Oh, and so wow. I don't care how fast you are. That permit is going to cost $100 because if it's only a $40 permit, but you've got 30 minutes of your time, you spend $100. Mm-hmm. And that's for a $25 job. I mean, obviously, we don't have many yeah. $25 jobs, but that goes to show you that the ratio of how how big an issue that permit is can be pretty big if you're talking about a $300 job. And you still got to take time out to get a permit that costs you $100 in time. That's what I consider inefficient. That drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about it because I don't get to call the shots. It's just part but of the job. It's part of the job, and it makes that job longer and more less efficient than I would like to see it. But I'm not sure there's a lot of solutions for some of that. I guess meditation, right? Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's a good, you know, what I do, I actually play piano a little bit and I'll play piano in the there morning and sometimes in the evening that, that kind of relaxes me and gets me back on level ground. It's not an easy job, but then, I mean, why have you been doing it for so long? Uh, you know, I think you and I might talk about it a little bit. It was because I never could make up my mind what I should be doing. I, I went to two years of college at a local community college. I got, I was completed that, got graduated that college. And, uh, I was doing sign work to put my way through those two years of college. Mm-hmm. And I never could decide what my next step would be. Should I be an accountant? No take a long, short, right. long right. walk off a short pier if I was doing that, <laughs> or a lawyer, doctor, whatever, architect. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't make up my mind, but I had all this work to do. And I had people literally ringing my phone every day saying, come do this sign, come litter this truck, whatever it was. Yeah. And so I had all that work to do. And I just thought, well, I guess I'll stay in the sign business till I make up my mind. And I'm still working on that. Right. But I'm 66 years old and it's taken me a while. I think it was John Lennon that said, life is what happens when you're doing other things. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, And I'm not complaining about that. I mean, we've, yeah. you're only going to win if you're in the game. If you're not in the game, you're not going to win anything. And what I mean, what I mean by being in the game is being in business with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. If you're in yeah. business with your eyes open, what you think you're going to do, moving straight forward may not be so. You may move sideways into some other realm because you see an opportunity over there. It may be connected to what you're doing, but that connection may not be that large. But you're in the game and you'll adjust as you go. And think what technology has done to the sign business, the business my two sons work in every day without CNC equipment, same in the sign business. They couldn't do what they do. And now, mm-hmm. of course, the sign business is digitally printing, laser engraving, all kinds of other things, uh, sublimation, whatever it might be. Uh, that technology has changed everything to where a guy like me who started out doing everything by hand doesn't do much by hand anymore because the technology has changed how we do things. 
Yeah. Which is not bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No, no, I not at all. And and like you said earlier, uh, you're never you're never going to win unless you're in the game. That's right. I think if you're going to be in business, you need to own the location you are in, if at all possible, mm. because then you have some control of your future. I learned that lesson the hard way twice. Yep. And once we decide to own whatever building, it may not, my first building is very modest little building, but I still own it. And it's rented to an automotive place that I do not own. They're just a tenant owning that real estate has been a good thing. So now we own several pieces of real estate and we're just moving down the road to a building that we built a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use our current sign shop facility for a new business, which I won't get into that. And it's not very much uh, related to the sign all right. business. All right. <laughs> but we're growing and we're moving sideways again. That's all. So something is always changing. Love it. Rick, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we're going to see you in Irving at the GPX show uh, next month. So look forward to actually getting to meet you in person. You're welcome, David. It was nice talking to you. Get all the latest tips and tricks and show your support for the graphics profiles by subscribing to us on your favorite platform, be it SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. New episodes come out the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, and if there's a topic you'd like to see covered, feel free to email me. You can find my address in the show notes at graphics-pro.com. I'll be heading to the first Graphics Pro Expo in May in Irving, Texas, so hope to run into you there. Until next time, stay safe and keep customizing.